And welcome back to the Flick Discussion. We got another episode today for you guys. We're going to be discussing a movie that you all probably know very well. Um, Finding Nemo. Um, this is a very family-friendly movie. It's really, really fun to watch. Uh, basically, just to give you a gist of it, I'm sure you all pretty much already know. Um, it entails the story of two clownfish, a father and a son. Um, and it kind of just documents their journeys as they go along in their life and face a few major conflicts. Um, along the way, they meet some friends, do take some detours, um, really all around just a fun movie. Um, so we'll start out today by introducing the characters, and Mikey today is going to start that off for us. Some of the main cast, you got Marlon, Nemo, Dory are the main three characters, and then they've got some pretty major supporting characters that help them out during their journey. Nemo is the son of Marlin. He, uh, he's the only surviving fish child of Marlin, I guess is the best way to put it, after an encounter with a predator of the clownfish where Nemo's mother and all of his brothers and sisters were killed, I guess is the best way to put it. Um... So Nemo is just this young clownfish. He's got one fin that's not as strong as the other, so his dad kind of coddles him a little bit. So his dad, Marlin, is very protective of his son just because that's his only son. Um, so he is scared to let him go to school just because he doesn't know what will happen and he can't kind of really keep track. Um, but that's where things get, like... Messy, I guess, is the best way. So Nemo wants to show his dad that he can do things that his dad doesn't think he can do. So he defies his dad and goes and touches this boat. And But while him with him touching the boat, he ends, ends up getting caught by those fishermen. And this story is about his dad swimming across the ocean to attempt and, and find his son Nemo. And this is where he comes across Dory. Dory's is played by Ellen DeGeneres. She is this fish who... She's very... She's, I would say she's a very fun-loving fish. But she also has short-term memory loss. So it makes the journey that much more interesting on the way because they'll, like, remember... <laughs> they'll remember things... Uh, on where to go, but then she'll forget, and so they have to like jog her memory in some way, shape, or form to continue on the journey. So Dory, short-term memory loss, the comedic value of the movie, definitely. and very funny, yeah. and she and definitely helps Marlon along the way get to where he's going, and I think Marlon kind of finds himself a friend for life in Dory. And she has this saying where she's always like, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah, and she also speaks whale. Yeah, Dory was definitely whale. the other. Uh, and you think that she's kidding when she's... When, when, the, when the movie, you think that she's kidding. When she's either saying, wants when she's us speaking to speaking whale, and then it comes in handy. He either wants us to go to the back of the throat, or he wants a root beer float. <laughs> so, uh, and then there's some uh, supporting characters such as Gil... Who, after the boater catches him, who we find out is a dentist, they, um, 
he gets put in a fish tank at that particular dentist and Gil is kind of like his father figure while inside of the fish tank. And uh, some other people that kind of help Marlon along on his journey are Crush and Nigel. They're sea turtles, which is kind of an ongoing gag about how long sea turtles live and all of that jazz. And they kind of just point them in the right direction that they need to go to Sydney, Australia. And they took the current to get there because that was the fastest way to, to for... Um... Nemo's dad to be able to get to him. Mm-hmm. So just to uh, just to touch on the disabilities again real quick before we get into the inclusion aspects. Um, so Nemo has what they call his lucky fin. Um, it's he was born this way. He has one fin that is smaller than the other one, so it kind of makes it a struggle for him to swim around or get around like like a normal clownfish would. Um, and then we also have um, Dory, who, as what she calls it, is the short-term memory loss, which is just her short-term memory loss. Um, those are really the two big um, disabilities in the movie. Uh, so we have a few inclusive aspects here. Is um, that when Nemo was trying to prove that he could be like that, he was a good swimmer. He could swim in the ocean. Um, it was all because his dad was kind of egging him on that he, he couldn't do it. Um, so his whole life he had been hearing that he needed to be careful, he needed to always make sure he had someone to help him just in case something was happening. Um, he really wasn't supposed to leave the, I think it was the reef that they told him not to leave. Yeah, it's because his Nemo's um, dad's wife, which would be Nemo's mom, um, she ended up dying on the reef. when Because um, she left the anemone. She left the anemone. Yes. Um, so to get into the inclusion, um, when Nemo is out on his own and he's in this fish tank, this is really the first time that these fish really were not like judging him or making him feel different for his fin because coddling him. Yeah, they weren't really coddling him. Um, they were just kind of treating him as you know another person in the tank. Um, he had to follow the the norms that were going on in the tank, and they just really treated him just like say just like a normal fish, I guess, but. And then, they did kind of take his advantage of being small, though. That's the, I guess if you consider that norm, normal. He got initiated into the fish yeah. tank. Mount Wanahogalugi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, so we have with Dory, um, she really doesn't have much friends until she meets Marlon. And um, in the beginning, her, her problems are kind of... Uh, annoying to Marlon, I would say, but along the way, he kind of finds some relief in Dory, is what I kind of started to understand watching this movie again. Um, Dory is always kind of the the happy-go-lucky, ditzy kind of person. Um, she... Very positive person. Very positive person. Um, she always has a uplift to all of her downs, and she doesn't really let her her uh, memory loss getting her way. And I think that's, that's something that Marlon really kind of leaned on is that even though that she was had this problem, she still was able to, you know, fend for herself, be on her own, and she was totally okay. She was totally okay with um, struggling with this. And I think that kind of helped him kind of back off Nemo a little bit and let him just, 
like be a kid, I guess is what as a fish you would say, but um she was also I, protective of um Nemo and Marlin as well. If I don't get this off my chest, it's gonna bother me. I need a correction for the characters. Yeah, go so, ahead. So uh, Crush and Squirt are the sea turtles, and Nigel is the pelican that ends up saving Neem- uh, Marlin and Dory oh, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. So, apologize. <laughs> Nemo expert messing up. <laughs> yeah, so basically I think that Dory was a really big help on um, Marlin kind of being ready to integrate Nemo into just being a normal young kid. Um, it kind of helps him realize that, you know, just because Nemo's a little different and has the struggle, it doesn't make him, like, I don't know how to, how you say, um, you know, like he can't do anything on his own. Like, he kind of, it kind of proves that, you know, Dory has been able to get along all this time, forgetting just the most important stuff sometimes. But yeah, she still always finds a way to make it out, and she's always positive about it. And she I think really, yeah, she finds a way to remember it. Um, somehow um, Marlin jogs her memory back, and she's like, "Oh yes, it was this and this. We need to hurry up and do this before I forget the coordinates." Or mm-hmm. you know. And at first, this oh sorry. <laughs> at first, this was a really big problem for Marlin. He, he would okay, he would start to get frustrated, and this was kind of the ongoing thing with him in the in the beginning of the movie was. He would get frustrated when Nemo wanted to do this, frustrated when Nemo wanted to try that. And I think he kind of did the same thing with Dory at first. But then, you know, having her with him this whole time really kind of showed him that it's really not that big of a deal that you're different. And I think that was one of the very important inclusive aspects of this movie. And she definitely helped him get where he was going. P. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney is where they were heading um, because that's where the they found the goggles that the diver was using that were he took off his face and it dropped, and so they find the goggles and that's how they kind of find their way to Nemo. Um, so that that's kind of the inclusivity part. Like they do a great job of showing that people with or fish with disabilities are really no different. They they definitely have a intricate part in society and helping people out like i don't know what marlon would do if he didn't have dory on the trip i don't think that he would have been able to find nemo Mm-mm. and i think because that that's... dory um, had special skills like with the whale communication that really helped them stuff like that she was the whale whisperer yeah, and i think that's something that the the creators of this movie did a really good job with is that they showed that even though Dory has to has um been suffering with these problems. She can still make major contributions to other people's lives and like her her society as a whole. And I think that that's something that people can often forget when thinking about people with disabilities like this is that it's something like that they can't contribute as much or they just won't be able to help out as much, but that's completely false. Um people with disabilities are just as just as capable as anyone else so given that you give them the chance to do it. Um, that's that's really the major thing here is that Dory, Marlon didn't really have a choice, and so he, he kind of had to rely on Dory, and I think that by show, by doing this, they really showed that, hey, it doesn't matter what what's going on in your life. like You can still contribute and be a helpful person. And uh, another thing to note is Marlon, at the beginning of the movie, kind of coddles Nemo along. 
excuse me, and by the end, he kind of realizes that Nemo needs to be his own person, even with his lucky fin. He's got to be able to kind of navigate his way through life even with that. So I, I think that kind of represents that you don't always have to necessarily coddle a fish in this case, but a person in real life through life. And, and Nemo's reaction to his dad wanting to coddle him was that he doesn't want that. He wants to be able to figure things out himself and show that he can do all those things. It's just Marlon knew the dangers of the ocean. I think that was the really big thing. He lost his wife. He didn't want to lose his only son. Mm -hmm. And that was the only person he really had. So I, d I see on Marlon's point because he wanted to coddle him because he didn't want anything to happen to him because of the dangers of the sea. He knew the reef was safe, was stay in the reef. Um, when you have to go to school, you go to school. That's it. You come back to the reef. And that was for Nemo's safety, which Marlon's point kind of gets proved because Nemo, when he doesn't follow his dad's instructions, look what ends up happening. Mm -hmm. And that's because Marlon knew what could happen out in the real sea or whatever you say for the movie. I don't know. I think that Marlon's worries is what really made him kind of, you know, fall back on that Nemo had this smaller fin and I think he just kind of used that as a brace just to like justify why he was doing what he did and then another form of inclusivity had to do with the sharks really the only one I can remember you getting the name for is Bruce name's Bruce um but it's kind of they like to eat fish <laughs> and they they like to eat fish but the real life it, it kind of equivalent to it would be like Someone in AA or someone who, someone who is like had a drug addiction and they're trying to get off that, I guess is the way. So Bruce and other sharks are trying not to eat fish anymore. And they, in one of the lines, they're like, um, uh, fish, fish are friends, food. not food. It's been two weeks since my last incident. And they kind of talk about that. And, uh, he has a so, weak point. <laughs> yes. He smells blood, which is triggers his sharkiness to go back. And so that's... But that's another way of kind of inclusivity of people trying to change their ways. Because I... Would you... You would call alcoholism a, a disability, right? It's an addiction. Yeah, it's yeah. a mental health issue, I would say. Yeah. So just that... they, there. You never know how many... Uh, things can be hit in a children's movie that have more of an adult meaning until as a kid you don't notice them but as you get older you kind of realize some of the underlying issues that they're trying to cover and I think that is the best way to kind of describe Nemo was a children's movie that had a lot of adult meaning in it it's an absolute classic uh, one of the, one of my favorite Disney movies or Disney Pixar movies, excuse me. And if you haven't watched Nemo, what are you doing? And uh, with that, I, th I think that's going to conclude this episode of the Flick Discussion. I know it's a little bit of a shorter one, but given the fact that I feel like all of you who are listening have also watched Nemo, and again, if you haven't, get on that. But that's going to conclude this episode of the Flick Discussion. Thank you for listening, and uh, tune in to the next episode.